0: Ooh, welcome on into the Smash Mouth Football Podcast. Uh, all four of us are here today. Con,
1: say hi. Feels good to be back. Hi guys. How good? Uh, I mean, I I've had better. I've had some good experiences the over the past couple Gavin, of weeks. But...
0: Gavin, Pishmani, say hi. God damn it, Connor! This is the most <laughs> un- enthusiastic.
1: Might as well go back on my hiatus at this point. Please. Damn, Don't kick I him off. So.
2: Our our fans love Connor. We get our most views when, when Connor is on the pod. It just it's yeah, not a coincidence. Yeah, Connor doesn't uh, lead the show. Yeah, he goes from like
3: like two rough to rough. three because Connor's mom listens. Well that's <laughs> that's, that's a third the of the our queen. viewership,
1: Gavin. <laughs> Give Elle some respect.
3: Uh, yeah, I would never disrespect uh Miss Green. If that's her last name.
0: Yes, yeah, so it is Miss Green. <laughs> okay. If that's if that's her real name <laughs> anyway uh let's uh let's move on to the episode boys let's uh first we're gonna start our Thursday night football preview uh we'll make our picks but first let's say everybody's records I am now f- 53 75 and three really bad I'm not excited about it this past oh, week man. I went six and eight Khan is 50 59 and one he also went six and eight Gavin is 5955 and 3. He also went 6 and 8. I, wait, no, Schmitty, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm you. sorry. I read the wrong wrong uh record. You yeah. are uh 65 50, uh 63 and 3. I read your old record. You went yeah. 6 and 8. p uh, Pishmiti is 55 57 and 2. He also went 6 and 8. All fucking wow. four of us went 6 and 8. We are <laughs> fucking boy. great. And you know what? We actually mixed up our picks too. We didn't have like a lot of the same picks, and all of us literally went six and eight. Yeah. Roughly he's he's had most mediocre. Yeah. He had the most Lone Wolves. He had the New Orleans Saints and Tennessee Titans. Gavin had the okay, Carolina and Panthers, Panthers. And then Connor and I didn't have any. Uh, so moving on to this Thursday night football game Indianapolis Colts travel into Tennessee. They are away favorites the indianapolis colts are uh favorites by one point this game is weird i think i was telling uh connor earlier that i think it's gonna be a really boring game i think it's gonna be just a bunch of running uh derek henry's gonna get the ball like 25 times jonathan taylor's gonna get it like 15 then you're gonna have a few checks check to naeem hines so just a bunch of running back touches in this game which should excite nobody here, but maybe Connor. Connor, take it away. How do you feel this game's going
1: to go? I actually think it's almost going to be an exact repeat of the uh, Bears-Titans game, which was you know unbearable to watch. <laughs> I think it's going to be Derrick Henry having a very inefe- inefficient game, hopefully getting a touchdown for my fantasy team. But a one-point spread is basically a push. And I think the Titans are a better team. So I'm going to go with Tennessee on this one.
0: Goddamn guy bring up his goddamn fantasy team. His fucking fantasy team. Wait,
1: this isn't a fantasy football podcast? (laughs) When I'm on it, it is. I don't know what you guys have been doing. I've been gone. This guy's the best player in the league because he's on my fantasy team. I fun fact to, to our, our viewer, maybe S is plural. I don't know if it's plural with this <laughs> episode, but I have the the first and second leading rusher in the NFL on my fantasy team.
2: Oh boy.
0: And I have he the does. best running back to, on my fantasy team. Uh to give uh context, uh, we had keepers. So uh nobody fucked up in a draft, nobody just let Connor have these two guys. We had keepers, so I will say that y'all fucked up letting me have Frank Gore for this long though. So. Yeah, he's kept, he's kept the he's kept Frank for <laughs> every year since 1999. So good for you, Gav. Uh that's yep. really working out for you. Uh so <laughs> Con, Con took Tennessee Titans. Uh Gavin, what about you? Uh, uh yeah,
3: I'm going to take the Titans. That speaking of that Bears game, um shout out Brian. Every time the Bears suck, I'm just going to shout shout out our buddy Brian. Um Yeah, that that was a gross game because Tannehill completed the ball 10 times and Derrick Henry rushed the ball for like 60-something yards and the Titans won. That's just... hmm. It shows how bad the Bears are. They're just really awful. Just really, 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 really bad. Their offense is... Foles is bad. Well, yeah, but a team can't be good really. Rarely can a team be good if your
0: offense stinks. No, I know that. I know that, but that's... It's just wild that you can say that literally, a quarterback completed only ten passes. They won the game, and they won so pretty convincingly. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, the running like Derek Henry must have had like a two hundred yard game. Yeah. I mean, come on. He ran for sixty yards. Yeah. Yeah. They fucking won. How did I get outside uh, of? I
3: think outside of like one run, he got like twenty of those yards on like one run. I think outside of that, he ran for like two yards a carry or something stupid like it was it was abysmal it's hard to watch
0: oh yeah king, king fucking king fucking henry so you're taking <laughs> tennessee though yeah
3: yeah i'm taking tennessee like um just because i don't know i don't really like the colts still i don't really like um philip rivers i think i mean mike mike t.y hilton is coming back now that that really matters i really haven't he, I don't, when he even played, he wasn't that great. And I think He's just old. He might, well, like you said, I think at one point, like he is basically retired. <laughs> it feels like so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't really have a whole lot of faith in in the Colts. So I'm going to take the Titans. And it's it's kind of is it weird to you guys that the Colts are favored in this game?
0: I I I honestly think so. But also Tennessee's played such a weird brand of football. I like, I don't know. I mean, both of them really have. I don't I don't really get it. Like both these teams, P Pishmani, what what do you what do you feel about this game? Because I think it's also a weird spread. It is, and
2: you said Tennessee's at home. Tennessee's at home. I figured
0: yeah. it, it would be
2: one point the other way. If that's the case, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. But and it's not like the Colts did anything last week that was like convincing of oh they they're just a little bit the better team. I mean. But they dropped like seven points against the Ravens and a really boring game as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I do think I'm I'm leaning towards the Colts on this one, and it's it's because the Titans, like you said, they struggled offensively and still somehow won solely because the Bears' offense is garbage, like absolutely garbage. And I, I think the Colts' defense will put up a similar issue with uh, Tannehill and the offense as the Bears did for them. I think the Colts' offense is a little bit more consistent with running the ball and scoring a little bit than the Bears have been. Unless Tannehill goes back to how he was a couple of weeks ago and starts balling out again, which he very well could. Um, I mean, I think it's just going to, like you said, it's gonna probably going to be a boring game. And it's really just a, it's also a division game. It's one of those, it'll be a weird one, prime time. But yeah, I'm going to go Colts just to kind of mix it up.
0: Got a gut feeling towards it. See, this is a game. This is going to be my first fade myself pick of the year. My, I, my thinking is that, uh, if, I mean, obviously the better quarterback here is Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has been one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's struggled lately. And also that Tennessee defense isn't very good. And I want to pick Tennessee, not because of those facts, obviously. I think they're just clearly the better team. But I'm picking the Colts. I just, I just feel like it's a weird game. I feel like it's one of those games where we're here wondering why is the line favored to the Indianapolis Colts? What do what does Vegas know that we don't? I'm, I'm picking the fucking Colts just, just for that fucking fact. I'm fading everything that's in my mind, and I'm saying fuck the fucking Tennessee Titans. I'm taking the Colts. Fade Chris McGuire. That's what I'm doing. Isn't All it crazy,
3: right. Chris, that like I think I mentioned it last time that if you just picked the opposite of what you've picked every week, like you would have an absolutely outstanding record.
0: No. Moving on. <laughs> uh... We're gonna get into our topics because that hurt my feelings. And uh yeah. Uh so uh, don't pay attention. I don't pay attention to the spreadsheet. I'm gonna go in a few different. I'm gonna go in a different order than just that. But we will start on this. So, throughout this entire year, and we had it on our All Pro episode, our uh, prediction episode for the awards, we all unanimously picked Russell Wilson to be the MVP, first team All Pro. That was a week ago. This past week, he struggled. I mean, for what, relatively to what Russell Wilson is, he struggled. He had four turnovers in the game, two interceptions, two fumbles. And the Seahawks lost to the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills really beat them convincingly. Now, Patrick Mahomes suddenly is the overwhelming, seemingly overwhelming from what I've seen, MVP favorite. Is that fair to Russell Wilson? I'll let
3: Gavin go. Well, I think it's... I think it's more recency bias. Like if the games were in different orders, like let's say like Russell Wilson had these past couple of games against the Cardinals and the bills in the beginning of the year and had been, and and then had like the rest of his games where he's actually been great and amazing as opposed to Mahomes who didn't really start off that great and has really only had like two outstanding games like against the jets and no three now. The Jets, the, the Ravens, and the Panthers. He's had, like, where he's put up these actual Mahomes numbers. But, I mean, like, and I get the argument that he, he hasn't really had to do anything else the rest of the weeks. Like, they've still won, out, well, not every game, but outside of one where they lost to the, to the Raiders, where they still put up 30 points. Uh, but, like, I don't know. I just feel like since Mahomes recently has been doing really well, People kind of just look past the whole, like the, the rest of his weeks where he was kind of underwhelming. And I think that's like also come apart or come up with like the running backs. How like Derrick Henry had a couple of good weeks and like, oh, is Derrick Henry the MVP? And now it's like, oh, is Dalvin Cook the MVP? It's like, is every single person that has a couple of good weeks in a row going to be in the MVP talk? Probably because we're still in the first half of the year, but we getting into the second half now, I guess. But I don't know. I, I still feel like Russell Wilson... Until he can, like, I don't, as of right now, he's still my MVP. But I, if let's say he goes one more week having a week like he has, then maybe I'll switch it to Mahomes. But I don't know.
0: Connor, I think I know what you're going to say. So, Connor, you you
1: you go ahead. You tell us why Mahomes deserves to be MVP. So, if I was on your show, if I was on last week's show, I probably would have chosen Russell Wilson as well. But I honestly didn't realize before I started researching for this week's episode that Russell Wilson has eight interceptions on the year. I know, what is it, five of them have come over the past three weeks, so it's clearly just been a little bit of a rough patch for him, and outside of that, he's been spectacular. But that's the fourth highest number of interceptions in the NFL this year. I have also I also saw that quarterback play this year has been like, like It's been amazing how good so many quarterbacks have been this year, across the board pretty much, outside of Daniel Jones. But, Ouch. yeah, that was just like an unnecessary shot at you, Chris. But I think you agree um but I, I think you know, Patrick Mahomes he's second in passing yards in the NFL he's got the second most passing touchdowns he's got 25 touchdowns only one interception he's got the second highest QBR in the season you know he's certainly I think we would all agree he's in the hunt for the MVP it's still him Russell yeah. Wilson and I think Aaron Rodgers I think we all agree that those three the three front runners at this point for sure And, you know, I think part of this is just projection, you know, Patrick Mahomes has had, as you said, Gavin, Patrick Mahomes has had some of his best weeks over the past couple of weeks. Russell Wilson has had some of his worst weeks over the past couple of weeks. And I think, you know, when Patrick Mahomes gets it going, you know, from previous year's experience, you know, he is by far, maybe not by far, but he's the best quarterback in the NFL. When he's hot, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And if he can play like he played this week against the Panthers for the rest of the year, which there's really no reason to think that he can't do that. And if the, if the chiefs start letting him throw it more, then I think he is almost certainly going to end up being the MVP. And it's going to be sad because Russell Wilson's having a great year and he does, he does deserve an MVP at some point in his career and hopefully he'll get it at, at some point, but you know, he's, he's had the, uh, the unfortunate uh, uh, just coincidence of playing towards the tail end of the careers of a couple of the greatest quarterbacks of all time with Brady and Peyton Manning and obviously Drew Brees, and and then Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of his career, and now you got Patrick Mahomes emerging, Josh Allen, who we're gonna have a talk, we're gonna have a debate about him later in the show, but he, he's looking really good, uh, and he might be number four in the MVP conversation at this point. Uh, and, and then of course there are these really promising young quarterbacks like Herbert and Joe Burrow who are doing really well this year as well. So I think you know Russell Wilson, I mean he might be like he might have the most number two finishes in terms of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and NFL history. And that's unfortunate, but yeah, I would, I would give the nod right now to Patrick Mahomes. I think it's definitely fair to have him there.
2: So I wanted to say, I think a lot of like 75% of our topics today really rely a lot on recency bias. And a lot of what we do is recency bias and even the media is all recency bias and how good they've done in the past couple of weeks and how good they look now, both with how amazing Dalvin Cook's been the last couple of weeks or how bad Tannehill has been the last couple weeks, little things like that. And we just assume that the previous two weeks will be the entire rest of the season. And if that's the case, if we're looking at the last two weeks, obviously Mahomes should be the MVP compared to Russell Wilson's last two games and Mahomes last two games, Mahomes beats him far and away. But I I don't think it'll come down to that. I think I'm going to say Mahomes as well. I think if, uh, I want to say Russell. I re- I want Russell to win MVP. I really do. Um, oh, those turnovers. I wish I wish they didn't look at because it's like we were you we were talking about earlier. Mahomes has how many turnover worthy plays? Ten. And that I mean that's a lot. That's a big number. Yeah.
3: I mean and obviously every time like every quarterback is going to have a, susten- a substantially like lower amount of turnovers than they are turn- turnover worthy plays just cuz if a fumble bounces back and you recover it or you know DBs and line linebackers drop interceptions all the time that's not like uncommon to have like half the amount but the fact that he has one interception I don't know if he has any fumbles but he has one interception to 10 turnover worthy plays like that's just lucky uh that's not really sustainable it's kind of just I don't know. So it, the whole 25 touchdowns to one interception, like, yeah, I mean, that looks really good, but it's not it's really a, It's a farce. It. It's not you're just not telling the whole truth at all. Like, again, he has six touchdowns on screen passes. I don't know how many, at least two on those little pop passes that basically should be handoffs, but he, like, throws the ball two inches to Mikkel Hartman or Tyree Kill, and they run a sweep into the end zone for a touchdown, and it counts as a pass. So it's like, it really should be more like, 20 touchdowns and eight, like five interceptions, which is still good, but I mean it's not it's not the 25 to one that it looks like on paper.
0: Yeah, and then like I, I think also in the same breath, it's like Russell Wilson. It's not like he's doing anything much different than Mahomes. Like he has just about the same amount of turnover where he passes, but he has eight interceptions. It's just kind of two sides of the coins here, where where Mahomes has gotten lucky with his interceptions, and then Russell Wilson's gotten extremely unlucky. Both quarterbacks making the same type of throws that really should be intercepted but only one of them's getting the interceptions and then even then like russell wilson's numbers 71 completion percentage 2,541 yards 29 total touchdowns which leads the nfl eight interceptions which i just brought up lucky unlucky uh three fumbles uh 8.6 yards per attempt 117.1 passer rating and he's still number one in composite epa per play and completion percentage over expected, he is. Uh, I mean, what, whatever the listeners want to really take out of this, he's number two in PFF grade right now, only behind Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what, take that for what you will. He is far and away. I mean, not far and away like MVP, but he is one of like only period. Connor nail on the head. Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and I would say Aaron Rodgers, there's a ton of space between the top two and him. With that said, Aaron, Russell Wilson's also, he's really carrying the offense to just... Well, I think that's another big part
2: of it is yeah how the teams are in the sense that, like, if Russell Wilson were putting up identical numbers, and even if he were turning over the ball as much as he is now, if the Seahawks are still winning dominantly and they're still ahead, and they still like feel like they're in control of the game. I think Russell Wilson wouldn't be getting as much hate as he's getting now. But even in a close game against the Panthers, like it still feels like the Chiefs are in control and they're in the driver's seat the whole game through.
0: Yeah. But you're watching but Russell play against the Bills. Go ahead. Is that is that because the Chiefs are that good, or is that because Patrick Mahomes is that good? It's, I, I would. Say it's definitely it's a because, because of the ball. Chiefs. Yes, I agree. But but
2: I think. That's another problem with the recency bias is you're looking at, oh, well, the Seahawks have lost last week against the Bills and a couple weeks ago against the Cardinals. And all of a sudden, like, it's like, well, who's, who's to blame? It 100% should be the defense, obviously. If they can yeah. make one or two stops every game, all of a sudden, like, they're pulling away by how much. But they just the fact that they can never pull away.
3: Also, um, I don't know if you guys heard the quote from, from Pete Carroll After this last week, I think it's been a pretty popular thing on Twitter where they asked Pete Carroll about like what happened in Buffalo. And he said that, well, during the week, we were really prepared. and had a great plan to stop Buffalo's run game. And they didn't really expect them to come out and pass as much as they did. And it's like, holy, holy fuck, dude. Like the Bills. Yeah. The week before, again, this whole racency bias thing. The week before Bills, the Bills came out and ran it very effectively and they had a good game running. But the rest of the year, they have been like behind the Seahawks, one of the most pass happy offenses in the league in terms of passes on early downs and just pass rate in general. Like they their their pass rate over expected on early downs, I believe, is second behind the Seahawks. And it's like, how are what data are you looking at, if any, to 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 think that we should focus our game plan against the Buffalo Bills to stop their run game and just totally throw the pass game out the window.
0: Yeah, and and just to bring it back to the Chiefs versus the Seahawks as for I mean Patrick Mahomes like in my opinion he's the best quarterback in football. Like I like he's my favorite quarterback in football. He's the best quarterback in football. But in terms of MVP this year, if we're really putting it down who's most valuable, the Seattle Seahawks defense gives up 455.8 yards per game. 400 55.8. The next closest is the Jacksonville Jaguars at 418. Wow. They they give up 30.4 points per game. The Kansas City Chiefs only give up 20.3. Like you see the Seahawks and it's just like the reason why Like, I would argue part of the reason why Russell Wilson has had these turnovers is because every game he's forced to pass the ball because the defense can never just hold hold the other team down. Like, one of his interceptions came in overtime against the Cardinals, and it should have never really happened because if the defense just had one, two stops, the Seahawks just win that game. Russell Wilson is literally the only reason why this team is even staying afloat because he's literally carrying the team on his back. And it's one of the scariest things because... One thing that I said at the beginning of this show when we first started was if the Seattle Seahawks are going to let Russ cook, and they have, they absolutely have a shot to win the Super Bowl. I said that not re- realizing that this defense is that bad, and I knew it was bad, but this is the worst defense in the NFL.
3: It, it really is. People thought that Dallas was—and re- okay, and granted, Dallas is very, very bad, but over the last couple weeks, I think— Two or three weeks. Dallas is actually like the 19th ranked defense now, which is you know still bottom half, but it's not the historically awful defense we thought it was. But Seattle, like, well, they have like a decent rushing defense, like run stop defense. Which take that for what you will. But their passing defense is really really bad. And the one guy that they brought in to fix their secondary, Jamal Adams, really hasn't been in
2: coverage anyway.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like he well, when he's been injured all year, and even when he has played, his coverage has been bad. Like he he can rush the passer and he's good at against the run, but like he can't cover. And so, yeah, you have the Seattle defense playing really, really awful against the pass. And that is just so hard to overcome. And it's kind of what Dak was feeling in the first few weeks where he had to throw for 950 yards and four touchdowns in order to even stay in the game and lose by three. Like, and now Russell is kind of feeling that same thing. Like, now, and also like he's turned the ball over, which sucks, but I think that's more of, I don't know whether or not that's just like an unlucky stretch or it's because he's having to fight more and, and throw more. But I mean, it was the same story last year. Russell Wilson like, was the only reason why that Seattle team was good. And now it's even more so the case because they're actually letting him pass. But that's, that, I don't know. When you, when you say most valuable player, I think by definition, I, I think it's a stupid award anyway, but I think Russell Wilson is that by definition, whereas Patrick Mahomes is very, very good. But I think that the system helps him a lot, too. So,
0: I, I, I can just tell by the end of this episode, it's going like to sound like I hate Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> which I really don't. I really, really don't. I love Patrick Mahomes. He's, I think he's the most fun quarterback to watch in the NFL. But it's, I can just tell it's going to sound like I hate him by the end of this. Uh, anyways. Uh, real quick, real quick. I just want to say,
2: if somehow the Chiefs either don't get to the Super Bowl or don't win the Super Bowl this year... I expect Mahomes to be unreal next year because he doesn't, like, like yeah, he's playing really good and he's a really good quarterback, but it doesn't feel like he's locked in. And even the, like, the playoffs, obviously he's going to get locked in. But I think like it, he hasn't really felt like a, a huge loss yet, and they're the clear favorites this year. And if they get all the way and somehow they don't make it and they lose, I am terrified for any team that has to go up against Patrick Mahomes next year because I think he will be a monster.
0: I agree. Continue. I agree. And I, I honestly I feel like Patrick Mahomes is almost I I it's it's hard to say a lock because it's only week 10 now. Um yeah, week 10. And yeah, it almost feels like a lock because I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose that many games if any the rest of the way, the rest of the way. And the Seahawks are probably going to lose a few more games where they're going probably going to go like 10 and 6 or something. And then it's going to go against Patrick Mahomes, 13 and three. And they're going to go, oh, well, the numbers are pretty close between Mahomes and Russell Wilson, but Patrick Mahomes got more wins. So we're going to give it to Patrick Mahomes, which is stupid. But that's just how the award usually goes. Uh, anyway, uh, you all said it's a little unfair that Patrick Mahomes is just ruled the favorite and Russell Wilson should definitely be in the race. But depending on who you think uh, who you think it is, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, you can't really go wrong. Anyway, moving on to the next topic. One topic that I really want to talk about, so I'm going I'm going to skip over a few of them. We got we argued about this before. Tom Brady and the bu- and the Bucks. What what are the takeaways coming from that horrific horrific loss 38 to 3 against the New Orleans Saints? I'll let Pishmini go first. Um my, my biggest thing is, like, I'm,
2: obviously it was a bad night and it was a bad game, but why? Like, why was it a bad night and a bad game? Like, yeah, everybody has their off game, and, you know, you, you get off to a bad start, and the other team pulls ahead, and you score a couple touchdowns in the end and kind of make the score look a little bit better, but they couldn't even get anything going in garbage time. Like, the Saints were not playing tight, and Bucks just could not get on track. Like, they just looked horrible. Tom Brady couldn't complete a pass at all. It just felt like he couldn't move the ball at all. Took some deep shots. Missed a few. I just... Why was he so bad? Like, this... He should have played well. Saints secondary, they're decent. They're good. But he... It's Tom Brady. He should have torched him. He got all his weapons back. Defense still playing at a high level. And they just... Shit the bed. And, yeah, everybody shits the bed once in a while. and So, in that sense, you can give him a pass. And I expect Tom Brady and the Bucs to bounce back big time next week. In a big way. But... Is it is it at all alarming for you guys? Can I I'll say that. Yeah, I mean,
3: yeah, I it absolutely is alarming, and I even said last episode when I was making my pick for this game, I said that the Buccaneers need to come out here and prove that they are among the best, if not the best, team in the NFC. After the, the last few weeks, Tom Brady had been playing and entered himself into the MVP conversation, never took the lead or anything, but you had to start maybe, oh shit, like Tom Brady, if he continues the way he's playing, we need to consider him being an MVP candidate. Um, and also, they're in the same division as the Saints, who they lost to in week one. And so I said that they need to come out here and make a statement win and, and beat the Saints. And instead of doing that, they get absolutely embarrassed and, and shat upon in prime time like, badly. Like, they scored three points. And I, I don't, I, again, like P. Smitty said, I don't really know what happened, like, why it was so horrendous. Like, I get, like, just getting beat. You know, you lose by a touchdown or whatever. Or, like, you even if you get blown out, you lose by three scores or whatever. But 38-3 to three is bad. And, like, okay, there were, Tom Brady, Tom Brady had three turnovers. One of them was a batted screen, right? Like, that was just unlucky that happens and nine times out of 10, that doesn't turn into an interception, but it did. And then another one was a deep shot, I believe to AB who just came into the system and it was a miscommunication and just sailed to the, to the DB on the saints. And the third, the third one was just bad. I mean, that was on Brady. And then also there was another thing like that didn't go their way. Like JPP got all seven of his fingers on the, on the damn ball and almost picked it off and didn't that and should have he, been a pick. If, he, if you're he, wrong if not, for that, not only should it have been a pick, it should have been a pick six. Like yeah, you know, like just there was just certain things, and there were there were a few more examples that just didn't like the ball was just only bouncing the Saints' way. And once they got in such a hole, that Bruce Arian's offense, while it is like a deep, it's a deep passing attack, like a lot of the time the, the first read in that Arian's offense is the deep ball, and then you kind of progress down to the check down whenever nothing else is there. But when you're down and also the Saints defense is playing well, like you can't really, and like the deep ball just isn't there. Like checking the ball down to Leonard Fournette over and over again is not going to get you back into the game by any means or Ronald Jones. Like I don't love the Bruce Arians offense. It's not really what it was cracked out to be. Uh, I, I don't like they run the ball too much on early downs and like the whole let Tom cook like they should. And I don't know, man. It shouldn't have been as bad as it was, but it was as bad as it was. So,
1: Con. So, we had, we had this argument in our uh, group chat, and it got pretty heated. And I'm going <laughs> to preface my, my entire monologue, or my, uh, my statement, with the fact that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. It's not particularly close. But they've been outscored by the Saints 72-26 in the two games they've played. It's almost a 50-point margin of difference, a margin of victory for the Saints. That's insane. I thought coming into this game that the Buccaneers were a little bit overrated and the Saints were a little bit underrated. So I felt very vindicated when the Saints curb-stomped the living hell out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the same thing is true, and we had this conversation in the chat, and I know this might prompt a response. I think the same thing is true about Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Drew Brees coming into this game, he's a little bit underrated, he was missing Michael Thomas all year. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders missed most of the season. Heading into this game, he finally got everyone back healthy, and he looked really good. Tom Brady—he's also been missing his weapons for part of the year. You know, Chris Godwin—I think he got hurt in this game. I don't know exactly when that happened. He was banged up in this game, but you know, Connor, honestly, you do
0: realize— one second, one second—you do realize you picked yeah. the Bucks last week,
1: right? I did pick the Bucks. I didn't give that much thought to my uh, picks this week because I wasn't just, actually just here. When you said vindicated, when when the bucks, I lost, felt vindicated so internally because sure that's what I believed in my heart. But when I was okay. like typing out the picks on the chat, I was like, "Yeah, bucks." I wasn't. Very, I'm not very patting my picks when I'm not here. When I know okay. I'm not going to be here, I kind of phone it in. And you know what? I won't do that in the pat in the future because I don't want to have a record as bad as you, Chris. I'm getting pretty close. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> you really are. I'm getting very close, but oh. you know. Back to what you're Tom saying. Brady has seven interceptions this year. That's tied for the fifth most in the NFL. Obviously had three interceptions against the saints this past week and heading into this game, the saints defense was struggling a little bit. I mean, they have a very good personnel, but this was by far their best game of the season. I think you guys would all agree with that. The saints defense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. They were struggling heading into this game a little bit. You know, they obviously got beat by the Raiders. Was it, was it week two or three? And that was a, su- a surprising upset victory for the Raiders who, what are they? The Raiders are five and three this season. And they've been a little bit of a surprise yeah. team this year. But uh, shout out to the Raiders. Shout out to Chris Rodriguez. If you ever listen to our podcast, and we're going to check to see if you listen to this podcast because I'm going to ask you about this exact moment next time I play Xbox with you. I'm sure he's not going to know what the hell I'm talking about. Give him, a, give him a code word like we give you that you never say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's just skip past that part. Yeah. So, so Rod, the code word, what, what should the code word be for Rod? Uh, um, blueberry muffins. Blueberry muffins, Rod. If you're listening, blueberry muffins. I, I
2: literally saw Rod last night and I told him, we talk about him on the podcast and I told him to listen to the episode. So he has no excuse.
1: <laughs> there you go. But, so th- then Rod, you got to know blueberry muffins. Okay,
0: back on back on a topic though. Should we be worried? About the Bucks? 100%. About Tom Brady? See, I think this is... Huge recency bias because Tom Brady's played extremely well this entire season. I would argue he's played just as well as, I mean, he's probably a top five quarterback. Some of you might disagree. I think Connor disagrees. But here are some numbers, numbers for you. So Patrick Mahomes on his passes, 5.9 yards after catch. Aaron Rodgers, 5.7 yards after, his, after the catch. Per catch, by the way, Drew Brees, 5.1. Russell Wilson, 5.0. Tom Brady, 4.1. There are only three teams that average less yards after the catch than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do. Tom Brady plays in an offensive system that is entirely reliant on his right arm. There's no scheme to the offense that allows his receivers to get yards after the catch, unlike Patrick Mahomes, who averages 5.9 yards after the catch. If Tom Brady had the yards after the catch that Patrick Mahomes did, Tom Brady would have a yards, uh, yard per attempt of 8.7. So the thing is, Tom Brady's 6.9 yards per attempt, it's not because he's throwing any different passes than, say, like, Drew Brees, Brees, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, his average depth per target is a little bit less, but the yards per uh, yards after catch per attempt is much, much less. Do you have the average
3: yards per completion, Chris? Just curious. I don't know if you have that up, but like yards per completion,
0: uh, yards per. I mean, I do not have that on. uh, No, I do not have that. But either way, yards per attempt here. I mean, Tom Brady's yards per attempt for each of those quarterbacks. If we uh, substitute their yards after catch per attempt with Tom Brady's, Tom Brady with Patrick Mahomes, 8.7 yards per attempt, Aaron Rodgers, 8.5, Drew Brees, 8, Russell Wilson, 7.9. This yards per attempt thing, this stat that we're we were criticizing Tom Brady of in the chat, it's not on Tom Brady. Tom Brady's completing 65% of his passes. His wide receivers are just not breaking tackles and getting him the yards after he catch that the Chiefs receivers are, or the Green Bay Packers receivers are, or the Saints are, and also Bruce Arians, he's not scheming his guys open. Everything is going through Tom Brady. The average NFL quarterback on play action pass attempts averages a whole yard more on play action pass attempts than they do on non play action pass attempts. Tom Brady ranks 33rd out of 36 quality, uh, quality uh, I mean not quality, qualifying quarterbacks in overall play action percentage. Tom, uh, the Buccaneers' offense isn't making it easier on Tom Brady. He has no yards after the catch. They're not making the offense easier by running a lot of play action. Everything is going through Tom Brady, and even with this. He still has 20 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 96.2 passer rating, and he's completing 65% of his passes. Good coaches scheme guys open, and Bruce Arians isn't doing that. Byron Leftwich isn't doing that. Everything is on Tom Brady, and obviously it's worked thus far throughout the season, but when you have a game against the New Orleans Saints where, their aver- where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers averaged up a target was 9.8, and Tom Brady got pressured on 13 of his snaps, I mean, 13 of his dropbacks, how is it that you have a coach who can't adjust? How is it that you're still forcing passes deep to Antonio Brown, and the only open pass that Tom Brady really has is underneath to Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette? And don't be wrong, that's not an excuse towards Tom Brady. Tom Brady played like shit. Tom Brady absolutely played like shit this week. But this scheme is horrendous. It is absolute dog shit. And the fact that it even works with Tom Brady when it's worked with just about nobody else besides Carson Palmer, one Andrew Luck is rookie year. I think it says more to, to the fact that Bruce Arians offensive system is the most overrated in NFL history.
1: It's not a good system. So I, think- I, I, I would agree that Bruce Arians is probably an overrated coach. And again, there have been a couple of years, including the Carson Palmer year that have probably skewed people's impression of his, uh, I guess, offensive uh, genius. But I I guess my question for you in terms of if you guys are worried about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is how – are you guys worried about their defense? Because they've given up 36 points per game in the two games they've played the Saints. They gave up 23 points to a miserable Giants offense. They gave up 31 points to the Chargers. I mean, they've been pretty inconsistent this year, and I know they're very talented, but I'm a little worried about this team overall – And that defense in particular, because if they give up, you know, 36 points to good teams like the Saints, they have no chance in the playoffs.
0: I'm I'm mostly worried about the offense. And that's 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 more just on that's just more on it being an offensive system. I mean, an offensive game nowadays. And if they're just not able to draw plays to get guys open and everything has to fall on Tom Brady, then they're not going to go anywhere. If they get that fixed. Yeah. I'll be yeah. worried about the defense because you do have a point. The defense is very inconsistent. It's just it's not going to matter if Tom Brady's consistently on his back and nobody's getting open. But well, well, defense so the also. Saints, go ahead, May. Sorry.
2: I was just going to say I'll say quick. The Saints played them twice, and they come out there and Saints have a game plan for it, and it's beating the Bucks. Horrible first half. Horrible first half. And it looks like the Bucks came out and ran the exact same offense they were running in the first half. Nothing changed. The yeah. Saints didn't have to change there was no adjustment. They didn't even, they had nothing, no answer for the saints defense. They kept trying the same thing that was already failing.
0: Yeah, Bruce I mean, Arians is so overrated.
2: He is. I, uh, and also like,
0: I was going to say defense in
3: general is, is not consistent. Like we've made the point a few times that defense is heavily reliant on the quarterback that they're facing. So I get that they, they did give up a lot to, to the chargers, but Justin Herbert is pretty good. And, um, also, the Saints defense, is, like you said, it has not been good this entire year. And I think if, I mean, I'd be more worried about the Saints defense than the Bucks. And if you're if, if you're not, then that's, again, that's recency bias, kind of like, I th- that's just the way the league is. Like, it's what have you done recently? And unfortunately, like, a lot of these things, like, the narrative has been one way, a majority of the season. And then the most recent week, something happens and everyone's like, oh, fuck. Like, Aaron Rodgers, when he, like, I even brought up the point up, when Aaron Rodgers got shit on by the Buccaneers, like 30 something to 10. And I was like, should we be worried about Aaron Rodgers? And then turns out no, we shouldn't be worried about Aaron Rodgers. Hey. So I I don't know. Like, but back to the whole Bruce Arians thing. It's we I kinda am still on the thing like, why are you sticking so hard to your system when obviously it's inconsistent, it's very streaky, not even just like game to game, but like drive to drive. And You are making Tom Brady rewire how he has played the game for the past 20 years, the way that he's played the game and won six Super Bowls over the past 20 years and running your system that has only worked twice and not even like super. Like, yeah, you got a good year to Carson Palmer, but like you didn't win a championship. You didn't do anything like you've had how many years in the league and you've had two decent seasons. And I I don't know. I just don't understand. I don't really get it. And I also don't know how you run the ball that much Leonard Fournette when you have Tom Brady playing
0: the way he's been playing. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. I, I think the takeaway is that, one, they just need to really open up the offense for Tom Brady, get him more easy throws instead of just forcing a 42-year-old quarterback to throw it deep every play. And then, you know, just not pass it on early downs, you know, quick passes actually be able to adjust Bruce Arians if you're losing fucking what, were they, what was the score at the half at the half it was stupid I don't remember what it was at the half like 20 to zero or
3: something like that
0: yeah I think it was zip. yeah the fact the fact that they came out like it was a very good point by P. they came out 28 to half and 28 nothing at halftime and they ran the same exact game plan Bruce Arians is like I don't know like I I fell for Bruce Arians offense. I used to love the fact that it was so aggressive, but now it's just kind of like, dude, you have no, you actually have your quarterback now and you still can't fucking adjust whatsoever. So I'm more worried about Bruce Arians. Tom Brady has still been awesome. And like I said, if he had yards after the catch and a system like these other quarterbacks, we wouldn't even be talking about this right now, but moving on, moving on. Uh, let's go. Something that Connor wants would probably want to talk about. Connor. Why is Dalvin Cook the best running back in football?
1: So, again, to our you know, the the plural there is again just more of a hope than a, an actual reality. Don't do it. Like, Don't
0: do it. Don't talk about your fantasy team. Don't do it. Just talk about why you think Dalvin <laughs> Cook is the best running back in football.
1: Well, that takes out about half of what I had to say about this. No, let anyway, go for the
2: go for the fantasy. Let me hear it.
1: So, oh, well, I will skip over fantasy football because uh it's a popular request by people in this in this on this Zoom call so I will I will skip over <laughs> it. But uh, so obviously Dalvin Cook he leads the league in rushing yards. He has 478 total yards over the past 2 weeks and 6 total touchdowns which is obviously insane. I know he played the Lions and the Packers who frankly are probably two of the worst run defenses in the NFL. I don't know if they are they are the two worst run defenses in the NFL but you could certainly make an argument that they're the two worst run defenses in the NFL. But, I mean, every game Cook plays, and I know this because he's on my fantasy football team, okay, Chris? I know this because he's (laughs) on my fantasy football team. Every game he's played healthy over the past two years, he has been really, really good. I mean, obviously, I also have Derek Henry on my fantasy football team, and I watch him a lot. And he'll have games where he just gets absolutely shut down, as we saw this past week against the Bears. I've watched a couple of CMC games, and obviously Christian McCaffrey – Is an amazing pass catcher and he's, you know, he's he could be a wide receiver three on any football team. But I've seen games and this past week too. I mean, he's coming off an injury, but he wasn't spectacular running the football really in any sense of the word. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is kind of in the same category as uh McCaffrey in terms of uh route running ability and pass catching. But I've seen Kamara get shut down. I have never seen Dalvin Cook get truly, maybe there's a handful of. Examples, But I really haven't seen him get shut down in a lot of games, at least when I've been watching him, which again, because of fantasy football, it's been over the past two years. Every game he plays, he impresses me. He's so elusive. He's got the perfect combination of size and speed that, you know, I think makes him the perfect running back. He has good hands. He's a good, not great, great pass catcher. He's not as good of a, as a route runner as Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. But I, I think he's better than what they're using him as with the Vikings. I think they could probably use him more in the passing game. I think he's a, a decent route runner for a running back. And, you know, he, he's been dominant this year. He's really helped my fantasy football team. And I want to give him the respect he deserves. I think he's the best running back in football you know, I think McCaffrey, him, McCaffrey and Kamara, they're all in the same, you know, they're all in the same league. They're all like top three. I think outside of that, you know, Henry's probably four or five. I think Henry right now is second in rushing yards, but almost all of that comes from his one 200 yard game. Uh, I forgot who he played that game, but his one 200 yard game this year, where he absolutely dominated. But I mean, I, I think you guys would agree that Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in the NFL. And I think you would also agree that, you know, it's between him, Kamara, and, and CMC. And maybe his Save on Barkley when Barkley's healthy.
0: Of Dalvin Cook's thirty six games in the NFL, he has a yards per carry less than four.
1: That's not true.
0: what I, so in his career? Oh no, so his first in his career. Like sixteen I, of his thirty six career games, which is close to half. He has a very less than four.
3: How many of those came in his first like two years?
0: In his first two years? Well, this is, um, is this his
3: third or fourth year?
0: Uh, this, this is year, his yeah, this is fourth year, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I think
2: well, if, his, if the argument
0: is that he's the best running back in football year. now. Yeah, now. no, yeah. I know, yeah. well, I understand football. that, but he's, uh, he's never seen him shut down.
1: Over the past two years is what I'm saying. Because again, I didn't watch him his first two years because he wasn't on my fantasy He was
0: also ACL, like, either in his first or second year. And
3: he was out, like, a lot of the, you know, majority of the season. And then I had him on my fantasy team, I think, his second year he was in the league and he just wasn't great. Um, but again, like, with running backs, I'm not trying to beat this to death. Running backs are very reliant on their environment and game script and yada, yada. And they are pretty replaceable. Like, so this last week, very Dalvin cook was number one in rushing yards by a lot. He had like a, like, what was it? 220 something. And no other running back running back had over a hundred yards last week. It was James Robinson was the second most with 99. Um, Alexander Madison was number four out of the entire league last week with like 69 rushing yards or something stupid. Alexander Madison, when he comes in and plays it. Yeah. Right. Nice.
1: is
3: (laughs) is comparable to Dalvin cook. Like whenever he's getting the same amount of touches and and carries as Dalvin cook. And it also depends on how you define a good, like the, or the best running back. If you're talking about pure runner, then yeah, you have, you maybe have an argument, but like last year, if you were to go out and say, Well, Nick Chubb is the best running back in football. Like he's better than Christian McCaffrey or he's better than Derrick Henry or, you know, Alan Carr wasn't great last year, but if you were to say last year, Nick Chubb was better than Christian McCaffrey, it'd be stupid because he wasn't, even though he's probably a better pure runner than, than McCaffrey, that's not all the position is. And honestly, the more valuable part of the, of the being a running back is catching the ball and, and, the passing production that you, that you give and Chris McCaffrey is just lead him and Camaro are just leagues above everyone else. Now. Yes. Mike Zimmer is ancient and doesn't pass the ball to cook ever. He has like 10 receptions on the year. Some stupid. And maybe if he were to get more opportunities then it would be true, we just don't have the evidence that that's true. We can't really just project that. I, I think that I don't know recently. Yes. He's been very good. I just can't put him above Camaro given what Camara adds as far as value and the fact that he carries or he has at times carried that Saints offense. And that's hard for running back to do. So I, I don't know. That's my, that's my take.
1: I definitely get where you're coming from, but I do just want to note that last year in 14 games played cook had 53 catches for over 500 receiving yards. So it's not as if he only has like 10 to 20 receiving receptions a year. Now this year he has 16. I think they haven't used him enough in the passing game this year. Which, again, would help my fantasy team even but more. That's
3: like half of what what McCaffrey had. Yeah, I, now,
1: I'm not saying he's in the same league as them. Obviously, I, 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 when I first started talking, like they they're not even in the same category in terms of route Dalvin, running. And-
0: last year, had eight games less than four yards per carry. Eight. Dalvin Cook did? Yes. This year, him. He had one game out of his... How many has he played now? Seven has had one game with less than four yards per carry. And even that what? game was 3.82. So was What game was that? That
1: I was against the Seattle Seahawks. That's when he got hurt and he tried to play through the injuries. I don't even think that should count. Yes. I mean, again, one of his problems but, is he but, always gets hurt.
0: The thing is, but, we're, but the thing is, what we're talking about is being the best running back in football. And last year, considering, yes, he did have 50 receptions, which is good for a running back. No, Nothing against him or anything like that. But considering he doesn't get involved in the passing game, really... Not much. I mean, 50 receptions is... I mean, 50 receptions is three receptions a game. And if you're only getting three receptions a game... In 14 games, in gosh, half I think it's your, like 13
1: and a half games. It's a little bit more than three a game.
0: Still. In over half of your games, because this is eight games, over eight of your games, eight of your 14 games, you had a yards per carry less than four. And one... Two, three were less than three. So, so if we're if we're talking about a guy, which the thing is, this isn't anything about uh, anything against Dalvin Cook because yards per carry in general is a reliant stat on the offensive line, and the Vikings offensive line isn't very good. The fact that Dalvin Cook's been as good as he's been is a testament to him because he does lead the league the NFL in yards after contact per attempt. If you want to say he's the best running back in football, pure runner problem, no problem whatsoever, because, I mean, he deserves it. He's been an incredible runner. The issue that I have with calling him the best running back in football is the fact that yards per carry and running the ball in general is so dependent on your offensive line. And Dalvin Cook's been incredible at doing it. But when you have Alvin Kamara, who's on pace to have 1130 receiving yards, which would blow the record out of the water for a running back. And the fact that he has been the reason why the Saints offense and Drew Brees has been as good as it's been, because Michael Thomas has been out, Emmanuel Sanders has been on and off the field. Jared Cook's been a little banged up. Alvin Kamara is the Saints offense like he legitimately
1: might matter. He might matter. you're, you're the worst. Anyway, I, I have one more. Do you have the how many games did Kamara and CMC have, I guess, last year under four yards of carry CMC, and three CMC, yards of carry? CMC the had, issue
3: with six, that is- had six games under four yards per carry last year. I don't know what the yards per touch is. I'd assume that he would have none under uh, his yards per touch because considering he had so many receptions yes. and his your yards per touch or yards per completion is going to be much higher just in general, because you pass, you get so many passes. But um, to answer your question, Christian had six games under four yards per
0: carry uh, last year. So, but the thing is, what makes up for that is how involved he is in the passing game. And that's what makes him better. What makes him better is the fact that if you take away something like Dalvin Cook, like Dalvin Cook's so good at running the ball, if you take that away, is Dalvin Cook going to make up for it in the passing game? I do agree. They should use him more in the passing game. It's a shame that they don't because he was so good at it in college. But since they don't use him that way, it's impossible for me to really say that he's definitively the best running back in football when we just don't see it. It's it's just it's just grasping at thin air. Because we just don't know. I, I really <laughs> wish
1: that Mike Zimmer would. I mean, Mike Zimmer is not a he's, a he's a decent defensive coach, but I wish that the Vikings would get a new head coach so we could see somebody really implement uh, an offense where Cook could shine or at least have an opportunity to prove, uh, I guess, this this question.
0: If Mike Zimmer, because the thing is, he is like a good coach. The issue is he's so goddamn stubborn. If he just yeah. hired like a good offensive coordinator, if he hired like a Joe Brady to like really control his offense and then Mike Zimmer just was like, all right, I'm going to be hands off. You, This is your offense. I'm going to be the head coach. If you make it a fourth down decision, I'm going to make the decision for you whether or not we go for it, blah, blah, blah. But he doesn't do that. He gets these run heavy uh, offensive coordinators, and it just doesn't bode well for uh for Dalvin Cook and Pishmay, we. You did we get you? You said Alvin Kamara, right? Um. Honestly, I don't. I think
2: it's been a minute since everyone's heard my voice. But <laughs> I apologize for that. For the no, I by all means, I, I even said let Connor run this one, and I was happy to listen.
1: Let Connor run this one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I totally meant to do that. Um, if we're gonna bring it to fantasy football. I have Alvin Kamara on my fantasy football team, so oh, I watch Alvin Kamara a lot. But for to all your, I would say Kamara. Um, I would, like you said, pure runner. Yeah, it, it's arguably Dalvin Cook. Kamara hasn't been amazing running the ball this year, but his receiving ability is great. Like he is the Saints' wide receiver two behind Michael Thomas. Like he just is, and that's wide receivers are inherently more valuable than running backs.
0: But that's all. And and while we're on this topic, though, because we are talking about the Vikings, the Vikings are, they, they potentially can be going on a little run here. And I i i believe I said it last week that they might go on a run. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but they I believe they're going to go on a little bit of a run. But the rest of the way, they have the fourth easiest strength of schedule left. Can Dalvin Cook and this Vikings team get into the playoffs the rest of the way? Connor, I'll let you go since you seem to be the Vikings
1: fan. The expert I mean. Viking, yeah. Yeah. An expert on the death of the Minnesota, the miserable Minnesota Vikings. So I will say, obviously beating the, the Packers was impressive, right? It was 28, 28 I sure. watched that entire game. It was a fun game to watch. You know, Cook had an explosive game. They didn't ask Kirk Cousins to do a whole lot. I think Kirk Cousins had like 160 passing yards that game. But I mean, at the end of the day, you guys are all right. This is a passing league. And unless Kirk Cousins can actually turn in good performances, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins has been bad this year. I mean, I think he—I don't know if he still leads the league in interceptions. I know he did a couple weeks ago. They haven't really asked him to pass a lot over the past couple weeks, but you know, he's been bad this year. And there really is no excuse for it. Justin Jefferson has emerged as a great wide receiver. They have Adam Thielen, Irv Smith Jr. is a very talented tight end. Kyle Rudolph's not a bad tight end. They have the weapons for him to be good, and he's just struggled this year. So if he can turn it around. As you mentioned, Chris, they have a very easy schedule. They got Chicago, which should be a winnable game. They have Dallas, which, you know, they should be able to steamroll Dallas. And, you know, I hope Dallas still has Garrett Gilbert. And if they have Garrett Gilbert, maybe that's a different story. Anything possible we'll nice. Yeah. And, I mean, they, the Cowboys don't shoot the Steelers. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, you know, they'll probably beat the, the Cowboys. Then they have the Panthers. It's a winnable game. But the Panthers, you know, they they, 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 they fight. They're they're very – um. Well coached team, but that's definitely a winnable game for the Vikings. Jacksonville's miserable. Tampa Bay, that's a tough matchup. Uh, you know, Chicago again, that's you know, a winnable game. New Orleans, that's a tough matchup on the road. And they finish at Detroit, which is a very winnable matchup. I mean, they could only lose two games the rest of the way. And then they're what? Eight and eight, nine and seven. And with seven playoff spots, they'll have a real shot at making it. But at the end and of the, the day, there
2: if... could be eight uh, wild card spots, depending, or eight playoff spots, depending on how the rest of the season goes.
1: Yeah. That's true. But if Kirk Cousins doesn't turn it around, I don't think they get it done because they, it, it, you know, they're three and six right now. They have a very long road ahead of them if they want to get back in the discussion.
3: Also, like, just I re- referenced earlier that um, as far as like they've charted um, pass rate over expected in terms of early downs. And I mentioned like the Bills and the Seahawks were like way up at the top, and I think the Panthers are too. But if you look at the, you know, you scroll all the way down to the bottom of that chart the Vikings are so fucking dead last in terms of like passing rate on early downs. Like Mike Zimmer is so conservative and such a run first coach. It, it hurts. And I don't know how much of Kurt Cousins struggles have been because like, what can you really do? Like his life isn't being made easier by that system when you're running, like the amount of times that I see the Vikings run on second and long is absolutely painful. It'll be like second and 16 and Mike Zimmer won't even hesitate handing the ball off to Dalvin cook. Like it's, it's painful. And so yes, Kirk cousins has struggled and I think they're having a little buyer's remorse on his contract, but I have a hard time putting that all on Kirk, especially just considering how well he's played the past couple of years. Now, Kirk cousins by no means is an amazing quarterback, but he's definitely he's definitely capable and he's definitely proven that he can be a very good quarterback. Um, Luckily Justin Jefferson has emerged, but that can only help you so much again, when you have Mike Zimmer running the kind of offense that they're running in Minnesota. And so, uh, but I don't really have the hope that they're going to, I feel like we're saying this everywhere, but like let Kirk cook, like it's stupid. They're they're letting Dalvin cook instead. And that's just going to fucking, it's just not good for Kirk and success going forward. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs)
0: The Vikings making the playoffs is very bad for my brand. Um, <laughs> my brand. I, I've been on them not making the playoffs from the start. I uh, haven't won so like four brand, and twelve or something stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't actually think that. I didn't even said that I don't think they're going to go <laughs> four and twelve. It just how ha- it just happened to be what my projections came out being, and it looked good from the start. Uh, not getting a little bit hot, but either way, like, I think they'll go. Like this defense is just so bad. It's really like bad. like an an easy game. Like, against what's, I mean, what some would consider an easy game against the Detroit Lions can be hard for the Vikings to win. It's just, this team doesn't have, for, because of how bad the defense is and because how reliant on the, on the running game they are, it's not, it's not an easy schedule. Uh, P. Schmidty, what, what do you think the Vikings end up going? Like, do you think that they legitimately have a shot to make the playoffs? I think they have a shot. I, I don't think that they do. Um... I think that they, I really do think they
2: could. They, like you said, they need to throw the ball better. They need to throw it more often, but it's going to come down to how well. Every game that they've won, they've run the ball incredibly well. And if you look at their games coming up, the, they're playing three teams that have a really bad run D, and the rest of them you're playing against. You're playing against Cowboys line who is still decent, you know, not great. They're okay. Bucks line you're playing against the Bears twice. You got and the Saints. You're not going to be able to run all over them. Yeah, you got the Jaguars, you got the Panthers, you got the Lions again. They should I assume they win those three games solely based on Dalvin Cook running for another 200 yards in all three of those games. But they need to get it done elsewhere, and I don't think that they can.
0: Uh, moving on, and uh, me, I'll let you go first on this. The Dolphins. So the first week we saw Tua get a win throwing for 89 yards, I believe it was like 93. And then, Don't sell them short. But. 93? Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then this past week, they went on and beat the Cardinals, who, by all accounts, have been a very good team this year. Tua. What do you think about Tua? And how do you think the Dolphins are going to look the rest of the year going forward?
2: Well, let me, get, let me ask you guys this. Because two weeks ago, when he started for the first time, he didn't have to do anything. He just said he threw for 90-something yards. This week was not the case. But... Somehow, like, I still have no idea how to feel about Tua. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. I still don't know how to feel about Tua. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? You think, are you in on Tua or are you?
3: Well, like, the thing is, is the first week, yeah, like I said, like, we, you know, we knew absolutely nothing because, again, all he had to do was just not be Jared Goff and not turn the ball over four times. And, like, they had a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown. And so it was like, okay, this game could just be basically throw it out the window unless you're Jared Goff, then maybe be worried because you suck this week. You, you play the Cardinals, a game that you definitely should not have won probably. And I think they did have a defensive touchdown this last week again. Yeah. And, and then they almost, I think had a, a special teams touchdown again, but like, I don't know how sustainable that is. And, Although Tua did have a, a better game this week, um, but again, the Cardinals' defense isn't—I mean, on paper, it's not amazing. I think they were playing pretty well for a while. I don't know if they still are, but um, I don't know. Again, like I, I agree, we don't fully know. I mean, again, a two-game sample size, one of which you have to throw out the window. It's, it's, it looks way better, obviously, in a second game. Like he threw for a decent amount of yards, and he—he he won. He's two and zero. He's a winner, but. Yeah, so uh, thing-
2: and. You know? God. Fuck oh
3: my God. Really, Connor, fuck off.
2: <laughs> um, My thing is, so if we're looking at Tua, I don't know. The dolphins as a whole, going into the year, they had a shit ton of money, and they spent a lot defensively. And on paper, they do look they do have a solid defense, and it's showed in the last two weeks. It's flashed. And I'm excited to see their defense going forward. But their offense, I'm worried about. They just put Preston Williams on IR. They got Devontae Parker out there, and who else? Like just second. three big white tight ends they've thrown to all yeah. week. Yeah, yeah.
1: And like, Gaskins also hurt, right? I don't know yeah, if he's also
2: a, a, But they have
3: Breda. like then Jordan Howard. I don't know, like how whether the either of them will start. But like, I'm more. I think this year obviously is a wash. Like you just kind of try to get as much as information as you can out of Tua, and then go into next year where they have two first round picks, uh, and. I think looking forward, like I still think they have a lot of money they can spend next year as well. Like they have a shit ton of cap and they have two first round picks. I just think things are looking up in Miami. They won five games last year when everyone thought they were going to go winless after the first like six weeks. And I don't know. I think they're playing very well, even without Ryan Fitzpatrick and his magic. I don't think they'll do anything this year, but I do think it's very, very promising to see how well they're playing. And I don't even think that they're, they're at their peak yet.
2: If Tua is for real, The Dolphins are going to be really good the next few years.
3: I will. Yeah, I agree.
0: They can be really good next year if he's for real. I mean, Brian Forrest has to be up there for coach of the year.
3: Yeah, I mean, last year, the fact that he got five wins out of that team was a feat in itself. Like, they were legitimately awful. They had the worst, like, one of the worst O lines in the history of football. Their defense was terrible. Like, they even started Josh Rosen at one point. Like, it was all around a terrible year, and he ended up pulling out five wins. So, good for them.
1: Connor, what, what do you think about the Dolphins going forward? I mean, the Dolphins can make the playoffs, right, with seven playoff spots. We're talking about the the Vikings with an outside shot of making it at three and six. Dolphins are five and three. This is, I think this is a third straight win. This is a pretty good football team. They have a really good head coach in Brian uh, Flores. Tua had a really good game against the Cardinals. I know it's only one game, but... You know, if he can play like that moving forward, this is going to be a a team to watch as a potential wildcard team in the playoffs. And this is a good defense. I think they're actually, you know, or at least the defense is playing better of late. So I think this is actually a team to watch out for in the playoffs. I mean, I wouldn't want to play them in in the first week of the postseason if they make it. Very well coached, good defense, talented young quarterback. And, you know, I mean, they're scoring points too. Honestly, this game
0: was as... Encouraging as you could have had because it showed just how we didn't really get to see athletic Tua in college because I mean, he didn't really have to run at all, he didn't have to do anything because all of his first reads were open. He had Jerry Judy, he had Jalen Waddle, he had Devonta Smith like he, like he, name of Alabama wide receiver, and they're probably a five star coming out of uh, Tuscaloosa. It, it's just we see him with his hip injury coming out of college, and we're worried about him. And then this past week, he has seven carries, 35 yards, which two of them were just spectacular scrambles where he just made plays out of Magic. Like, Fitz Magic just passed over to Magic to Tua, apparently. And then overall, I mean, 20 of 28, 248 passing yards, two touchdowns, 8.86 yards per attempt. Of course, these are just box score numbers, but he was hitting some dimes down the field. He was able to scramble out of the pocket and make throws on his own. Like he's like this is the most encouraging start you could have seen from Tua in his second start, especially in a game where you after a game he only had ninety-three yards and the win had nothing to do with him. The ability to bounce back like Tua did against a pretty good defense this year. I'm very encouraged. I don't know if they'll make I mean, it's it's gonna be easier because they are in the AFC East, but you know, this is this is gonna be a fun team no matter what, and I think we're used to seeing the, the teal colors on the Dolphins and going, oh, this team's not gonna go anywhere, and now it's finally fun to watch the Dolphins again. So, really exciting stuff. I hope they make the playoffs. I'm excited to see it. What's up, Gavin? Look, you look like you want to say something.
3: No, 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 no. Uh, just I, I have a fun fact, and I was gonna, I just, you know, I just can't wait. But I don't know if it's. Yeah, yeah, I know. I am
0: going to have to wait. I know. That's <laughs> fine. I, like, I, I don't even you know. Waiting. Please just say it. So, I'm, I'm going to mix two of these topics up uh, that we have here because uh, will try to get out of here a little faster than what we've been accustomed to lately. So I'm going to mix two of these topics up. The AFC in general, it looks to me like it's the Chiefs or nothing. Even the Steelers at 8 no. It doesn't even look like, I mean, we've, we've talked about it so many times that they're playing down to their competition, but to me, it's like, how many times can you play down to your competition until that just becomes your overall level of play? Are they playing down their competition, or is that just the Steelers at this point? Are they just a really, really elite defense, and the offense just kind of... Skate Spy, P. Schmidt, so a Steelers fan. <laughs> um, yes, they're
2: eight zero. No. Yes, it's a good time to be a steeler fan. But no, while uh, some Twitter fans out there, which do bother me, are all, oh, how are the Steelers not first in power rankings? They are they the only undefeated team? Okay, come on. Get the fuck out. Like, look at how these last couple of games have been. They All three of the last games, well, yes, on the road, have literally come down to the last play every single time. And last week we played the Cowboys with Garrett fucking Gilbert. Like, get the fuck out of here. That's unbelievable. What are you saying yes, they- about
1: the, uh,
2: Garrett Gilbert, P. Schmitty? What do you say about the, my Cowboys? I'm saying that he's an AAF quarterback, and it was his first start ever, and the Cowboys— be an have- AAF MVP
1: quarterback?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like Not a check.
2: <laughs> Excuse me, I'll put a little bit of respect on his name, Garrett Gilbert. Anyway, the offense is very inconsistent, and I think a big part of it is play calling. A big, a good chunk of it is that Ben is still struggling to hit that deep ball and really open up the field. But I think uh, the only way that they end up going deep in the playoffs and potentially going to the Super Bowl is if the offensive play calling becomes a little more consistent because there are quarters and halves where you will look at the offense and it's like holy fuck like they're electric like they're just hitting every pass they like, they are just rolling but then sometimes like the run run pass and it's third and 10 because you ran the ball twice and they can't do anything with it and it sucks but for them to make it a deep playoff run and a potential super bowl run you'd have to see flashes of the defense from last year with the secondary was playing unbelievable last year, which and there's has been zero turnover in the secondary yes, it's not as consistent it's not as uh sustainable to how they played last year with how many turnovers they had and how incredible they were playing. but if you can see flashes that in the playoffs and continue with their the defensive lines pressure rate and if if the offense can just stay a little bit more consistent instead of relying on one quarter of play to end up having to win each game, yes, they have a chance, but no. As of right now, they're not close to the Chiefs,
0: to answer your question. Yeah, I, as a Giants fan, I've seen two separate Super Bowl teams to where the Giants just caught lightning in a bo- bottle and they won the Super Bowl and nobody expected it to happen. Really, a lot of what the playoffs are, are is getting hot at the right times. We saw that with Nick Foles just a few years ago. Connor, do you think we can see that with the Steelers team? Do you think Big Ben has that last sort of hurrah before he retires
1: at some point in the next few years? I mean, he might. I mean, as, as we've been talking about, they play down in their competition. I think they only have three multiple score wins against the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. So all of their multiple score wins. Oh, the Browns. Excuse me. The Giants, Eagles, and Browns. They actually did not beat the Cowboys by multiple scores because my Cowboys are elite and they're well, back. Only
2: one of them being convincing. Truly convincing. Yeah, and the Browns, they
1: dominated the Browns game. The Giants hung around in week one too. That was impressive. So we have, we have something to be proud of, Chris. With our teams yeah. hanging on there. NFC but, East
2: is oh six 6 one against AFC North teams, by the way. Yeah, that, not
3: that
1: yeah. great. Is that is that anyone in remote? No, but uh, or...
2: Connor <laughs> over trying to get a little respect to their name. I will give them nothing. Cowboys was a
1: moral win this week, P. Schman. You were shocked how close it was.
2: Well, yes, I was shocked, I also was not shocked.
1: I thought um, they were yeah. even put like... Uh, Forty points on the Cowboys defense. I thought they were, the Cowboys would maybe score three points. And I think that maybe that would be like a sixty yard field by Greg Zerland at the half. Yeah, I, I didn't mean, think Gary Gilbert Steelers was gonna have Steelers. five completions. We all picked the
3: damn Steelers with a fourteen and a half point
1: spread. The first time I picked the damn against the damn Cowboys, they fucking <laughs> won the <this program. laughs> course. I should have fucking I should have known.
3: I mean, no one thought <laughs> Gary Gilbert was gonna play well. I mean, I don't know. Should have had we should have had hope in goat but we didn't.
1: We should have. He's AAF MVP. I mean, he probably, outside of Dak Prescott, best Cowboys quarterback this year, which isn't saying much. I mean, there's but only yeah, you know,
3: there's... Four, four.
1: Sorry, four. Yeah. And yeah. One. one was Ben DiNucci. So. That's true. So, so Ben DiNucci like, and he, Andy Dalton, not a lot of competition.
0: So to mix this up, because we were also going to talk about Josh Allen, I'll let Gavin talk about him first. So when it comes to the Chiefs, it literally looks like the Chiefs are just an overwhelming favorite for the AFC. Then it looks like the Steelers. Talk about the Steelers, but also talk about, like, are the Bills also competitors? How good is Josh Allen, and can Josh Allen lead them to the Super Bowl? How how is this AFC picture going?
3: The answer is, it pains me to say yes. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily likely. I think that you're right that it is the Chiefs or nothing, probably. But like you said, I think no one captures the essence of catching lightning in a bottle more so than Josh Allen this year. Last year was... It wasn't like he came. He went into the playoffs after the Bills roster and system and Sean McDermott kind of carried him there, and then he got embarrassed once he was put on the stage that he was put on and and lost pretty pretty poorly. But this year, it's been different. The first four weeks, he played outstanding, was like third in MVP voting, and looked like he was a totally transformed quarterback. Then he went on a few weeks um, against the the Jets. He didn't play that great. He didn't play that great against the Titans at all. He didn't play great against New England. And it was like, okay, is is old Josh Allen back? And I think we even I even kind of said like it was it's likely that he's just like kind of this up and down quarterback, highly volatile. He's just one of those guys. And we kind of caught the upswing in the first few weeks. And now we're on the downswing. And then this last week. He plays the Seahawks and throws for 417 yards and four touchdowns or whatever it is. Granted, it's the Seahawks defense, and we spend a whole segment just shitting on them. But he still did it. I mean, it's still the NFL. You're still putting up 400 yards and four touchdowns. It's still good no matter who you're playing. You still, like, and so if the Bills make it to the playoffs, which I believe they will, they'll win that division pretty easily. I think that if Josh Allen can get those, that stretch of three games – to get them to the to the Super Bowl, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think the Bills can do that. I think if the Bills and Chiefs were to play each other in the playoffs, I mean, any given Sunday, it's the NFL, the Chiefs can lose. The Chiefs can have an off day. And and if Josh Allen is on and playing like good Josh Allen has this year, then I think absolutely. I don't think you can rely on that. You can't count on that. But I absolutely think that it's possible. And it's I think them, the Steelers, and the Chiefs, I'd even maybe count on the, the Bills being able to do it more so than the Steelers. But that's just because Big Ben, I don't know. He hasn't really proven – he hasn't had one of those wow games yet this year. But if he does, then maybe i change my mind.
0: Connor, what, what do you think about the AFC picture with the Steelers and the Bills being and, – and honestly, like the Ravens. Like, like I was going to say like, the Ravens.
1: Ravens might be the second best team in, in, that, in, in the AFC. I mean, but the Steelers beat them. Right? They did, but it took Lamar Jackson having what, four turnovers, which is that the only time it's ever happened in his career.
2: He had three turnovers against the Steelers last year when Mason
0: Rudolph was their quarterback.
1: Oh my God, Jesus!
2: Steelers play well against Ravens. It's just, play well just like, Ravens?
0: it's such a flawed it's such a flawed AFC this year. Like I don't like I've I don't feel like anybody's really that much of a threat to the Chiefs. To where I feel like it's gonna be one of those situations where the Chiefs just have to really lie down and kind of just. Beat themselves almost by just under preparing. Oh God, not the they didn't lose. They beat themselves. Shit again. <laughs> Here
3: we go again. Have the Cowboys been beating themselves? I,
1: for yeah, for for uh, five straight weeks, they're just beating themselves. They're oh. undefeated against themselves. Oh man. But,
3: but yes, but I agree, Chris, that like the Chiefs are the most reliable team in the in the AFC, and I think going into any week, they are the most consistent. And when they they are the most able to be on when they want to be, I just think that the Bills probably have the second best. I mean, the Ravens this year just regressed. We've talked about Lamar regressing, the offense regressing, run game regressing. But I think just Josh Allen and, and and what he's shown that that is dangerous and can contend with the Bills or the Chiefs. Sorry, if he's
2: on game those winning, winning games come down, down to bad this year. I will yes. with that, but winning these games, especially in the playoffs, is going to come down to quarterback play. Yeah, and looking at you got Mahomes far and away, and if you got Josh Allen, Big Ben, and Lamar Jackson, who who's the best at throwing that ball and getting points up? You, you're going to say Josh Allen here, and it, it's true. Like he's he yeah. can light it up if he needs, to. like if it if it's his day and he's on, he can torch it. And he's of those three, he's been far and away the most consistent passer of them. But it's it's unbelievable how inconsistent he's been the last couple of weeks. He's still I would still <laughs> consider him the most consistent passer of the yeah, three. Of them.
3: I do think Josh Allen is the most consistent.
2: Shows how flawed the
3: AFC is. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. yeah. NFC, literally anybody can like, I mean, obviously the AFC, anybody it's NFL. All you need is one loss and you're out of the playoffs, but the NFC is completely wide open. Like anybody can win that conference. Like last year, I feel like, I feel like we all kind of had a feeling the 49ers were going to win. Obviously it was just a little, it was a little sketch just because they're mostly, it was Based on their defense and a running game, and not necessarily anything of Jimmy G. But I feel like we all had that feeling that they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, once the Saints but lost to the Vikings,
3: then yeah, it yeah, was w- kind of like, you know, the Niners were going to win. The Saints should not have lost. I think it was the Saints and the Niners were the two teams everyone thought. And then once the Saints again lost to the Vikings in the playoffs, it was like, all right, it's the Niners.
0: So yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the NFC is just wide open. AFC is, AFC is, there's
2: a clear out. favorite. In the yeah. ASC. you
0: can't say I that. Say, a... I say next week's content episode. I say uh, a little behind the pod for the people. I say uh, one of our topics should be: uh, we should just go over all the contenders and really just talk about their future and just like who's legitimately a competitor. Like, are the are the Steelers frauds? Are the Ravens frauds? Who are the Packers frauds? Like, who's legitimately like a real real threat? And we can go go over that next week in next week's content episode. But uh, to get, get us out of here, Gavin, tell us your fun fact.
3: OK, so we, we talked a little bit about uh, Brian Flores and um, how good of a coach that he's been. And um, he actually, in college, he played <laughs> linebacker at Boston College, and he was actually playing in the year 2003 against the Miami Hurricanes and, believe it or not, delivered a hit on the one and only Frank Gore uh, in that game. And it's just absolutely mind boggling to me that the head coach of the dolphins actually tackled Frank Gore, who is still playing in the NFL to this day. And I don't know. I thought it was a really fun fact. Like they actually played against each other in college. And it just shows like Frank Gore's is, is, I don't know if he's, if he's human or not. I don't know if we that, if there jury's still out on that, but yeah, that's my fun fact.
0: Yeah. I'm pr- I, I think there's a real question whether or not Frank Gore is Jesus. <laughs> I think there's a real real question there but anyway uh anyway uh we will see you friday uh thanks thank you guys for listening and as always pray to frank gore see you guys later